BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Candidates tried distancing themselves from Ed Burke. The truth is they're all tied to the same broken Chicago machine, except me. I'm Lori Lightfoot. I've prosecuted corrupt aldermen and held police accountable. Now I'm running for mayor to finally make City Hall work for you. With an elected school board, making all neighborhoods safe and reducing the unfair tax burden on working families. Shady backroom deals haven't served us. It's time to bring in the light. Hey, she doesn't sound bad. Oh, it's, it sounds great. Except it's four years old and she didn't do any of them. Who was that again? She sounded great. Board? That was great. Uh, Ixnay, reducing tax burden. My tax bill is so high. Oh, my God. And uh, bring in the light. Are you kidding? Chicago's still a backroom den of inside deals, smoke-filled rooms, metaphorically speaking, because no one smokes anymore. So it's like edible-filled rooms. Like that? Like that? <laughs> edible-filled rooms. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week for Friday. October 21st is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink every now and again, what kind of pot to smoke or eat or drink and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us about the latest column in your Chicago Reader. Well, I, uh, the latest column is a breakdown of the CHA land deal where, ladies and gentlemen, just, I'm going to sum it up this way. There were a bunch of poor people living on a plot of land that the CHA owned, and the CHA said, we will move you, and then in a few years, we'll build housing and bring you back. And guess what? They did move them, but they never built the housing, and instead, they leased the land for the Chicago Fire Practice Facility, D. How about that, huh? And they're like, what promise? What promise? I, I didn't know about any promise. You ever see that scene in, uh, with Gary Boosie uh, in that movie who plays the Rocks, Buddy Holly story, where the, the manager's on the phone and he's negotiating a deal. He goes, I can't hear you. And he starts knocking the phone. Well, any, anyway, it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So I remember, I think I was a baby when that movie came out. I'm not even sure you were born, young man. I'm not even sure you were born. All right, millennials, let's just don't don't tune out. <laughs> Stay right here, okay? Stay right here. Check out that column and more. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, October 21st, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week! Oh yeah, and I'm back. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this He's Back Friday, (laughs) and here's why. Yeah, he just just stepped on my punchline, ladies and gentlemen. He's back, but he's not quite in mid-season form yet. Yeah. The he in that sentence is the man you fondly know as the doctor. 
Yes, Dr. D. Uh, and the D stands for the marvelous. We all know that. But no, now the D stands for daddy, Dr. Oh, D. <laughs> it's daddy time. Yes, Dr. D is now a parent, and we've been talking about this for weeks. I think it's been weeks, D. We've had uh, great producers uh, that have been working the board uh, in your absence. I'm going to shout out to producer Chris uh, and a shout out to DJ Nate. They've been uh, really stepping in and doing a good job. But uh, I got the call last week from young Dennis, and he said, I want to come back for the Friday show just to show folks I am still here. I sound nothing like that. So he's still here. That's a horrible impression of me. This is, this is how he talks now, ladies and gentlemen, since he's a dad. You know, Ben, uh, in the old days, he was kind of like a hipster kind of guy. Hi, I'm Dennis. But now he's like, hey, <laughs> what's the guy's name uh, who lives across the street from Homer? Oh, Ned Flanders. Yeah, you're kind of Flanders since you're a dad. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> dad jokes. You have the time to talk about the Lord today? Uh, so uh, just a few words about your life as a father. Give just you know, break down the fourth wall and tell people what it's been like, young man. Oh, it is the ultimate full-time job. Like, no joke, full-time job. It's great. Uh, had a daughter. Her name's Denise. My name's Dennis. Denise, get it? Uh, yeah, it's been awesome, man. Just uh, enjoying it. She, she sleeps a lot. She eats a lot. And there's a little window there, like 15, 20-minute window where she's, her eyes are open and she's ready to party. And boy, we take advantage of that. All right, well... Uh, before uh, listeners, dear listeners, before we started the show, uh, Dennis brought Denise on to make her Ben Jarowski show uh, debut. Uh, of course, uh, we weren't recording at the time, although I got a feeling uh, producer Chris may have snuck that recording in somehow. I got a feeling uh, had a little trick up his sleeve. Uh, and she opened her eyes and looked at me and then said, ah, I think I'll go back to sleep and then went back to sleep. Uh, and then Dennis Dropped her oh, off somewhere. You're, you're, we're oh ready for to go. Two, you're oh for two for impressions. Horrible impression of me. That my daughter sounds nothing like that either. Okay, well now imitate your daughter. Go, go. There we go. There, huh? there we go. There, that's good. That was a lot go, better. Go. That's the daughter, not the daddy. All right, the daddy doesn't go. Go, go. Hasn't done goo goo since the early Reagan years. The early years of the Reagan administration. Uh, maybe the mid years of the Reagan administration. All right. Without further ado, he's back. He's ready to go. It's time for oh what a week. So I turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, the one and only Dr. Daddy. Take it away. <laughs> Dr. Daddy. Oh, boy, that's sounds naughty. All right. How's it going, everybody? Spank him. Oh, Spank Dr. Daddy. Okay, you're making it worse. How's it going, everybody? Long time no talk. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. Ben, I've been gone for over a month. And, well, confession time. I've barely followed any of this news. So please catch me up. As we do this, okay? Uh, We begin in Chicago, and what do you know? Not one, but two Democratic political powerhouses were in town this week. First, our former president and first lady, Barack and Michelle Obama, were back in Chicago Monday. The Obamas stopped by the early voting super site at Clark and Lake. Ben, were you there? Uh, No, I was not there. Oh, my God. You missed your opportunity. They were there to cast their ballots for the November general election. I don't know. Barack, what do you think? He's going Bailey, right? No? (laughs) He's going. He's going full Bailey. No, I really doubt he's going Bailey. Had a lot of respect well, for farmers in you, my day. If you recall, there was that moment. I hate to bring back old memories, but you know that's how my brain works. I'm going back into time. Remember in 2012, JB Pritzker was undecided. I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he quickly came aboard the Barack Obama train, and it's all love and dove ever since. So I'm sure Barack Obama voted for J.B. Pritzker. It was like uh, J.B. was in like his Richard Irving phase, like just kind of starting to be maybe a politician and, you know, kind of unfamiliar with the waters, maybe, would you say? Yes. That's exactly where he was. What? Let's see what I can do. I think I can win over swing voters by being on this side. No, you're a Democrat. He's the Democratic president. He's the incumbent Democratic president from your hometown. Duh. But he was a rookie, D. Let's give him just say he was a rookie. He was rookie JB. And he stumbled. He wasn't the smooth dancing JB no, Travolta no. we know today. No, no. He, he was more like the clumsy Frankenstein monster from Young Frankenstein dancing. Ooh, there's a. Well, third baby boomer reference of the day shows early. It's like JB took that clip and was like, never again. Never again will that happen to me. And he was yes. smooth with his butter since then. He, he, didn't he get irritated? The one time he came on the show, he got irritated at me for asking of that course, question. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Wait, bringing that up. Well, I, I don't know. I, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were in Chicago Monday. Hey, they also surprised students at two different Obama Foundation events. Michelle stopped by Hyde Park Academy to kick off the Obama Foundation Future Series, which exposes students to possibilities after graduation. And in the West Loop, Barack surprised some young leaders who were spending the day with local entrepreneurs. The president encouraged the students to work with others to solve some of society's big problems. Yeah. So uh, it was nostalgic. I have, must confess, D, uh, when I saw uh, Barack Obama's photo uh, in the well, my beloved bright one, Chicago Sun-Times and Michelle Obama as well. But, you know, I'm schizophrenic on this issue. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of like schizophrenic moments for me in this show uh, of two minds, if you will about Barack Obama, three minds, perhaps. Um, so I, I just was swept up, four minds. Could I do five minds? Four. There was Barack Obama, the politician in the city of Chicago and he was a state senator, totally unimpressed with the guy. I'm like, what's the big deal? I mean, this guy's just a, another daily politician, daily as in Mayor Richard Daly. Then there was Barack Obama, the uh, superstar candidate, uh, for president after he was elected senator and just talking. I just go into Obama mode. There's just something about it. And I was swept up, D. I was like, wow, this guy got good overnight. He's funny. He's quick on his feet. He's got inspirational things to say. I'm caught up in the moment. And I went down to Iowa because my daughter was working for Obama and I helped her out. Daddy, go get me a coffee. Yes, dear. <laughs> kind of how I helped her out. But I was like caught up in that moment, folks. And when he was elected in 2008, I cried. Yes, I did. I was so Aww, moved ben, by that moment. Ben, you're going to be crying. Yeah, I did cry. And then as the years wore on uh, with President Obama, I got more and more, uh, like, what, disappointed, frustrated? It was like, why aren't you doing more to promote Democratic values, capital D? Why aren't you doing more to promote the Democratic Party? Why are you allowing Republicans to take over state houses throughout the country in the 2010 midterms? I got more and more frustrated. So, like, that's the second phase of it. But now, D, when I see him back, you know, when I see him come back to Chicago or when I just when I watch him on a talk show, I'm like, oh, he's so much better. He's so good at the game. You know what I mean? He's so reassuring and smart and thoughtful and he precise exactly what he wants to say. And he has an ability to talk 
to black people and white people. Very few people can do that these days. We need you, President Obama. I'm all over the map. When I talk to lefties, it's like, Obama didn't do enough. <laughs> but then when I'm alone, I'm watching on the TV. I'm like, come back. Please come back. We miss you. Well, and I know uh, Obama was also in the news uh, this week. I think this came out on Tuesday where it says uh, former President Barack Obama, this is from CNN, uh, thinks Democrats can be a bit of a buzzkill, too easily offended over accidental slights and the complicated scenarios of modern life. He said that in a podcast interview this week. What do you think about the thoughts there of Obama? Well, that's classic Obama. Obama's always lecturing the Democratic Party. He's always lecturing. Remember, he's, he said the same thing in different words a while ago. He mm-hmm. goes, we're too woke, which this now we're heading into the part of Obama that I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, what's what's too woke, like awake in Chicago? Everyone's asleep. So, you know, if you, I would rather have the electorate woke than asleep. So, you know what I'm saying? It's that, that's Obama. That's that old uh, Axelrod, Rahm Emanuel, Obama. The three of them figuring out what really matters are swing voters in some Wisconsin suburb of Milwaukee. And so I'm going to separate myself from people who really care about the things I say I care about. I mean, I care about them, but not as much as the people who really care about them. You know, like the people who are the base of my party. That's what Obama's saying, essentially. He's saying to the Democratic Party base, all right, guys, you're kind of embarrassing me when I go into crowds in suburban Milwaukee. So just bear with me. I'm going to sort of insult you a little bit, okay? You know, nuanced insult. Just don't take it personal. It's just my way of picking up those swing voters. So I'm going to say something bad about you, all right, that Bill Maher will go, I agree with that. Okay, (laughs) people, people. By the way, he is really annoying, D. I just have to tell you, that guy is so annoying. He's so smart. I'm really smart, and you're not. Uh, <laughs> that guy is the smartest man in the universe, and he said it, so it must be true. Oh, I mean, Andy gives the solutions to all of our problems for free on television. <laughs> so, just do this, okay? <laughs> and then he always has, like, he does that, that uh, bit where he's t- telling jokes. And New rule, the, people. The the uh, the guests are all laughing. <laughs> they never cut to the guests going, yeah, that joke sucked. Or the de- you know the guest picking his nose, not listening. Oh, they never right. cut to that. It's always... <laughs> so no, anyway. no Bill Maher parties at Ben's oh, house, ever. <laughs> uh, there goes that invitation to Bill Maher to come on the Ben Jarofsky show. But Barack Obama... Uh, right with Joe Rogan, he's not coming on either. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to Obama. Yeah, that's that's what he's doing, D. Oh, every now and then he has to insult the base just to let swing voters know, like, he's kind of see it your way. It's like he'll always go, liberals say this, conservatives say this. What am I to do? You know, like, wait, aren't you liberal? Aren't you part of the liberal group? Uh, yeah. Why are you trying to distance yourself from yourself? Don't surround yourself with yourself. Move back two steps, correct, but don't distance yourself from yourself. All right, and it seems like he's he's created like this cool little spot where he can do interviews and do like Q and A's, you know, at this Obama Library. You know, hey, look, I'm with the students. Come on, you know what I mean? He's kind of set himself up there. You know, anytime he wants to make an appearance or get in the spotlight a little bit, I'll just show up at the at the library there. Say hey. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, I got to give him credit. He he has brand made a brand, the Barack Obama brand, and uh, it it's going to last a long time, D. It's a very successful brand. He's a producer. 
uh, podcast. I know you're, I know you fervently listen to the Bruce Springsteen, uh, Barack Obama oh, podcast. Dude, I was Loving almost Bruce late. For, I was no almost way. late for this one. <laughs> no, he, he does have a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Uh, I've not listened to it. Uh, and, um, so yes. Uh, so now like when he wants to get serious about urban issues, he'll come back to Chicago, which supposedly is home. He votes here. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, don't you have to live in the town more than once to be able to vote? Who am I to say? Uh, but supposedly this is his home. So he comes back, he votes and then he, you know, he, he makes sure he gets other things done and he has an appearance at the Obama center to promote the Obama center, which um, he, you know, will be in a park, Jackson park. Uh, so yeah, D, uh, he has been very successful as uh, out of office post president. I'm not. I'm not in love with his post presidency. It's not as bad as Bill Clinton's, but in my opinion, not as beneficial as my favorite post president, Jim Jimmy Carter. All but, right. You know, it's kind of somewhere in the middle between Carter and Clinton, who's just a freaking shill and flying around with Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Clinton, what made you think that was a good idea? Just, I know, I'm just. Let me just pose that to you, Billy. See, what made you think it was a good idea to get on the airplane with Jeffrey Epstein, who was already in a lot of hot water with the way he treated underage women? Just saying. All right. Well, you don't love those people, but on to someone I know you absolutely love. Like I said, two Democratic powerhouses in Chicago this week, Democratic House Speaker and recipient of several Ben Jarofsky political love letters. Nancy Pelosi was in town Thursday. Ben loves this lady. My God. She was here to give a boost to Illinois Democrats as they try to secure 14 congressional seats and hold majorities in the General Assembly and on the state's Supreme Court. Was Governor J.B. Pritzker in attendance? No. Smart move, J.B. You're in the lead. Don't ruin it. But Pelosi thanked him anyway for helping prop up so many Illinois Democrats. Ben, how do you think Pelosi will fare out here in Illinois? And maybe more importantly, why is she not responding to any of those letters? I don't know. Let's answer the first, the second question first. Everybody knows I've been sending out Valentine's and Nancy Pelosi and getting a lot of heat yeah. from my lefty listeners. D, remember there was more than one. Who would chastise me for my love for Nancy I mean, Pelosi. I think I called you a douchebag two or three times. <laughs> yes, you did. But it wasn't about that. It must have been something else. No. So I, why, why do I love Nancy Pelosi? So it's not for ideological reasons. She's the epitome of a Democratic centrist, neoliberal, Rahm Emanuel type. You know, <laughs> it's just that. It's why I used to love Clinton before he became too sleazy and too depraved for me to like even connect just remotely endorse. Okay. It's because like Clinton, Nancy Pelosi has a way of really getting under the skin of Republicans. They, they, you know why? Cause she beats them. She is the maestro controlling the legislative process and she passes stuff that they don't want to pass. And they just get so mad and infuriated. And then she she went to the White House and stood up to Donnie Trump and then walked out and bragged about it. You know, and they just, ah, uh, to quote a good friend of Dennis, that really grinds their gears. Okay. And <laughs> Dennis said, like, wait a minute. Peter Griffin from Facebook? <laughs> 
<laughs> Did he used to say that? That was where yeah. it came from. You know, it oh, really grinds my gears, Lois. Okay. I thought it was somebody else, but anyway, neither here nor there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know who I thought it was. No, that's, uh, that's, you serpents! That's what that is. <laughs> serpents, yeah. That's what they do. They go, you serpents! They can't stand her. So that's kind of why I like her. She must be just something, kind of like, I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, oh, this is going to get me in trouble, Dave. This is going to get me kicked out of the, the podcasting don't universe. Say don't say it. Don't. Michael Joseph oh, again. Show's yeah. over. I'm done. <laughs> He infuriated Republicans. They spent millions turning him in. By the way, it's worked. They're still throwing out Michael Joseph Madigan accusations. I saw the, what was the campaign, the commercial against um, Susanna Mendoza. She's close to Madigan. <laughs> oh, I'm a suburban voter. I'm so scared. Oh, no, Michael Madigan. Oh. All right. So, so they get, they beat Republicans. And so because they can beat Republicans, I have this admiration for them even though it gets me in trouble with my lefty listeners. All right, before we move on, the floor is yours, Ben. If there's anything you'd like to say to Nancy Pelosi to get you to respond to those letters, come on, <laughs> let her hear it. Nancy, you've got a friend on this show. You've got a friend. We were close, very close to a one-on-one -on -one interview with both Barack Obama and Nancy Pelosi. But uh, sadly, the line in our invitation, we'll hang out in my attic, came across a little creepier than we had anticipated. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, put it this way, that's uh, uh, irony, okay, when he says we were very close. We've ne <laughs> we're not close to either one of them, ladies and gentlemen. Well, just leave the attic out of your next- And the porta potty Oh, yeah, please, leave that out of your email as well. Don't don't mention a porta potty. Don't say, hey, come up to my attic. <laughs> and I think we may get them this time, all right? Hey, let's talk about the Chicago mayoral election. A 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. <laughs> what? Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to give some credit to somebody in our crack productions uh, team for that one. So who should I give credit to that? That was That's me. brilliant. That was me. Oh, you did okay. all that. All right. <laughs> Our 2023 Chicago mayoral election is February 28th, with the mm -hmm. likely runoff being April 4th. Who's going to win? Well, based on who is officially running at the moment, it seems like it's a no-brainer. They say I'm tough. Today, Mayor Lightfoot, Lightfoot doubled down. Right they say I get angry. Lightfoot says well, she's had some tough battles. They say sometimes I take things personally. Delivered a tough the end, the mayor's you know what I say? They're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mayor Lightfoot. Oh, God. <laughs> but since I've been away for the last month, it seems as though mm -hmm. we have a new mayoral contender, one that Lightfoot should be concerned about. Ben, help me out here because I've been seeing stories and even endorsements. That's a first, but not an official announcement. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. Right, ben, is our good friend, Cook County Commissioner, CTU's Brandon Johnson, making a run for mayor? I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. The games people play, to quote the Spinners, one of Dennis's favorite groups, uh, are just so subterranean that I don't understand them. Now, I could give you the explanation. It would take a little while. Sit back, ladies and gentlemen. Fire up the, the bong and follow me on this one. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean literally. I was more a metaphorical bomb. <laughs> uh, and, hey, keep that smoke away from the baby, all right? Oh, yeah, no kidding. You don't want to get the baby with, like, uh, a, yeah, yeah. a smoke high. No God kidding. dang, man. Okay, come on. 
So I, I, I suggest you switch to edibles for the next six months, okay? Just then the baby. You gotta think of the baby. Okay? Deal, deal. Uh the, the baby at one years old. Daddy, whoa, man. That's a daddy thing you're doing. Whoa, what you whoa. Um so all right, so here's the deal. Lefty Chicago really wants a mayoral candidate. You know what I'm saying? Like someone who sounds like Carlos Ramirez Rosa or someone who sounds like Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez or someone who sounds like Jeanette Taylor, who, by the way, was on the show last week, D, and absolutely killed it. Urge everybody to check out JT. She was, wow. Um, so left there, a good chunk of Chicago electorate falls under the category of lefty Chicago. I mean, I would say it's at least 20% which is enough to get to a runoff in a mayoral election. You know, just think of the Bernie Sanders vote. It's like a rough approximation. And um, so Brandon Johnson uh, is the Cook County Board Commissioner from the West Side and a longtime uh, uh, worker, I forget what he does, organizer for the Chicago Teachers Union and good friend of uh, Stacey Davis Gates. And one hell of a radio host, if you ask me. Well, you know, it's, okay, it's come kind on. of a sore spot. Okay, oh, you know, wow. he, st- he he stayed at that station whose name I can't remember. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to hold that against you. Brandon, I do not hold that against you. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. Uh, but uh, anyway, and a great, powerful order and a champion for all kinds of progressive causes. So, uh, but he's not unknown. Largely unknown. Yes, Ben Jarofsky show listeners know who he is, but we live in lefty land. Okay, most people don't live in lefty land, which is the extreme land of the most extreme lefties, if you follow what I'm saying. So even lefties are not quite sure who Brandon Johnson is. They'll probably love him once they hear him, but they don't know who he is to get elected as mayor of the city of Chicago. You kind of have to be known. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, now, Lori, you're going to go, Ben, what about Lori Lightfoot? Yeah, Ben. Okay. Well, Lori Lightfoot was able to squeeze out uh, just enough votes uh, in the first round to make the runoff. And then I think this is pretty safe to say Tony Preckwinkle was, how do I put this, at the wrong place at the wrong time to be a longstanding Democratic politician running for mayor of Chicago when Ed Burke, her ally in the Democratic Party, was facing indictment. I, I think we can all agree that that's what happened. I mean, Tony ran perhaps the world's worst mayoral campaign, uh, didn't want to take a position on anything, and just it bombed. And so people said, you know what, we're going to try someone new. It's like in 79 when Jane Byrne got elected. Every now and then that happens. But now to beat her as the mayor, you got to kind of have, you know, you just got to kind of be known. Brandon's not really known. Now, who is known is Jesus Chewy Garcia, Congressman Garcia, who is uh, a progressive. I don't know if he's a lefty. He's a progressive. And uh, so it's kind of like Brandon is ready to run, I think, if Chewy doesn't run. And now Chewy is so slow at making up his mind that Brandon and Brandon's supporters are saying, you know what, Chewy? F you. We're going to run anyway. But but they're not quite a hundred percent sold on that strategy. Cause if Chewy suddenly announced, I may cut a deal and suddenly Brandon will go, I'm supporting Chewy. You get, you get what I'm saying? D? So it's like a game of chicken. Yeah. It's going on behind the scenes and it's made more problematic because Jesus Chewy Garcia won't even say he wants to run, but he's totally happy to have everybody like slip his name out. So if there is a worse group 
of people in politics for hurting themselves, it's my beloved lefties. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Instead of being united behind one candidate at this moment in time to get ready for, what is it, February? The February run, uh, first round? It's like maybe Brandon's going to run, but they don't want to officially announce because they're not quite sure they want to want to run run against Chewy, but they're circulating petitions and groups are endorsing him, even though he hasn't announced. Just try explaining that to someone. You ever, you ever talk to a lefty when they're trying to explain something to you? Okay, it's not that complicated, Ben. Here's the story. <laughs> then they explain it. It's so complicated. It's like me explaining tips to people. Well, it's like oh, you explaining a lot of things to me. I know. I, I live in my own little universe where it makes sense to me. And then when I start telling other people about it, I could see they're zoning out. All right, here we go. Ten seconds. You have to answer. Chewy Garcia, Brandon Johnson. Go. Which one? Ten. Wait, time nine, out. What, what am eight, I picking? Like, who, seven. Who, who's going to run? Six. Yeah. Five. Wait, I don't even know the question. Four. Three. Brandon Johnson. Oh. I don't believe Chewy Garcia is going to run. I've uh, had just had a long, involved conversation uh, with a political operative whose name will not be used because this political operative wants to be secret. But, but the point is, we had this debate. and I go, he's not running. I don't care what you heard. I don't believe he's going to run. Dude, wouldn't that be funny if next week he, he's announced that I have to sing a different song? Then I'll have you at producer Chris and DJ Nate going through to excise. And then it'll say that we'll put in a new uh, snippet where I'm saying, absolutely, he's going to run. <laughs> but it does seem like these two candidates, Brandon Johnson and a potential uh, Chewy Garcia, those are the two really that they can hang with Lightfoot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know? I've always said, to beat Lori Lightfoot, you got to run at her from the left. That's my personal opinion. I do not believe Paul Vallis or Willie Wilson can beat her. They're running at her from the right. This is not a Republican town. We'll get into Paul Vallis in a little while if you want. But uh, And uh, Lori Lightfoot, I believe, will be victorious if the candidate she's running against. First of all, it's going to a runoff. So in the runoff, I believe she'll be victorious if the candidate is running at her from the right. All right, well, let's, let's talk about it. The mayor is getting some practice swings in until uh, Chewy or Brandon Johnson make up their mind. Her campaign is out with another attack against candidate Paul Vallis. Oh, poor Paul. <laughs> this poor guy. Lightfoot's campaign has published a website, a microsite, if you will, highlighting quotes from Paul Vallis and our Republican governor candidate, Darren Bailey, titled, Who Said It? Vallis? Or Bailey. The site allows visitors to guess who said what MAGA-like comment, Bailey or Vallis. You get it? Because Paul Vallis is basically Donald Trump. A Lightfoot campaign spokeswoman said that Paul Vallis, for years now, has been an extreme conservative Republican masquerading as a Democrat. Vallis walks and talks like Donald Trump, according to this spokeswoman. Vallis, who hadn't yet seen the interactive site, dismissed it, telling Playbook through a spokesman that it's only an attempt to distract and divide us with her name-calling. How dare she? How dare she? The mayor is out early with sharp elbows as she tries to secure support ahead of the February municipal election. Her campaign has nearly $3 million in the bank, and Vallis has $1.7 million in cash on hand, including $900,000 raised in the fourth quarter. Ben, you've met, chatted, have had several encounters with Paul Vallis. Can we give him a lifeline a little bit? Can you confirm that he is not Donald Trump? No, he's not Donald Trump. Okay. He's not nearly as talented as Donald Trump. I am not, as you know, a Donald Trump fan, but I have come to, I don't know what the right word to use is, to acknowledge 
that the guy is brilliant uh, at using the media uh, and using, well, he, they kicked him off of social media, uh, but at uh, winning over converts, that's putting it mildly, uh, to the point where they're groupies, they're cultists. So Paul Vallis is not in that category. Uh, Paul Vallis is a conservative He's like a conservative Democrat, I guess you could call him. I don't believe he's ever run as a Republican, and I'm not sure he's ever even taken the Republican ballot. I may be wrong in that in a primary. Uh, so essentially, he's a right. guy from Chicago, so he's a Democrat. Right. Uh, like if you, and, if you put him downstate, they'd be like, oh, dude, you're a Democrat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, he, it, he ran it. Okay. To your point, in, 20, in 2002, he ran in the Democratic primary for governor against Rob Bogoyevich and Roland Burris, and he ran downstate. His name was throughout the state, and he's running as a Democrat. So he is a Democrat, but he has been making uh, appeals to MAGA. And starting with the fact that he's an advisor to the Fraternal Order Police, and he's bashing the Chicago Teachers Union. So I'm like, right there I have problems with. I have problems with him. But, D, what Lori Lightfoot is doing is straight out of the J.B. Pritzker playbook. And, you know, I had a revelation while you were gone. Uh, while you were gone on uh, daddy duty, I had a revelation. I was walking down the street. That's where all my great revelations happen. I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you about this revelation. Oh, I'm excited. What is it? And Well, uh, you know how for weeks we were making fun of, I was doing it, J.B. Pritzker, the commercials that he f sponsored that uh, during the primary season that were like supposedly <laughs> criticizing Darren Bailey uh, for being an extreme MAGA man, but essentially were promoting his campaign to uh, MAGA lovers because, oh, that sounds like the kind of guy I would like, right? He's MAGA. Be afraid. And MAGA people were like, oh, sounds like my kind of guy, right? Remember we were doing it? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, we're making fun of him, and I still don't think it's a great idea, all right? But then I was walking, walking in the park, watching winter turn to spring. Ooh, Come on, Dean. Wow. And, um, Never heard that. Uh, uh, great song. I love that song, Roberta Flack. Shout out. Uh, and uh, it just occurred to me, what he was doing was branding Darren Bailey as a MAGA man so that when we get to the election, people already have an opinion about Darren Bailey. So most people, except for the uh, diehard listeners, the Ben Jarowski show had no idea about Darren Bailey. We've been talking about Darren Bailey for two years, right? Oh yeah. At least two years. Okay. But mainstream media ignored him. They, you know, maybe occasional mention. An interesting guy is challenging Michael Madigan's mask mandate. Okay. That's like out of nowhere, but we talked about him obsessively. We did imitations of him. But if, so if you listen to Ben Jarofsky's show, you knew who DB was, but most people don't know. I mean, I, I hate to say it, D, most people in the state of Illinois, breaking news, do not listen to the Ben Jarofsky show. Their loss and ours. So <laughs> <laughs> got to be honest about that, D. Uh, so what he did was he branded him. He put a, a perception of him in people's minds. And it works, D. You know, here I am criticized. I'm walking in, in the park watching winter turn to spring. Actually, more like watching summer turn to fall, but it doesn't really rhyme, so you can't sing that in a song. And I realized there's a reason why people get paid to be campaign advisors, and I don't. They know how to manipulate the public mind, D. They take your little brain and 
mush it up. They do it. Both sides do it. They control you. All oh, going to Alex Jones country. They control you. I'm doing this on the screen. I'm like, I'm unscrewing your forehead and putting stuff in there. Now I'm screwing it up. And that's what they did. So that's what Lori Lightfoot's doing to Paul Vallis. She's targeting him because she has a feeling, to quote Paul McCartney, that he will be her opponent in the um, runoff. And so in the minds of Chicagoans, they'll think MAGA. And he said so many dumb MAGA things down through the years, which are true. I, re- I actually looked at the thing. And Paul Vallis, you've said so many dumb MAGA things. And your bizarre animosity toward teachers' unions is really weird and inconsistent, given that you love police unions. So I can make every compelling argument. Yeah, I'm going to take the word compelling out of it. Every argument you make against the teachers' union can be made against the police. But for some reason, you believe police should have a union and teachers should not. For some reason, you believe that police should be free to defy whatever the mayor says, whatever proclamations he says, but teachers should be under your thumb. To quote Mick Jagger, another baby boomer reference. That's oh, five. Ding, ding. If you're Lord. taking shots, you're passed out. Oh, I was hoping this month would go by and you'd quote <laughs> some more current songs. Guess that won't happen. I really don't understand why you think t- police people, police uh, men and women uh, should be allowed to have a union, but teachers not. Why you believe the police union is the friend of society, but that the teachers union is the foe. And, you know, whatever convoluted explanation you come up with doesn't make sense. It's not really an explanation. That ju- it's not, I've heard you attempt to explain it. The reality is you're trying to win as mayor of the city of Chicago by making the teachers union scapegoats for everything. I don't think that's going to work, D. All right. I see what you're saying. I don't though. think that's going to work. You know what? I'm wrong nine out of ten times. That so Paul Allison said, I'm not listening to you. That is true. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Um, no, I said you are right though. And she's kind of pulling a Pritzker in that, you know, she's wanting to pick her opponent and that's the only way you can really get attention. So you got people like Rayla, like, Hey, come on, pick on me. Would you <laughs> No, but that, that's exactly right. <laughs> she's picking her opponent and then she's, uh, putting a public image, getting the, defining her opponent. She's picking and defining her opponent at the same time. So somebody who's running that Lori Lightfoot campaign is pretty smart. Maybe it's Lori Lightfoot. Right. Maybe she's running her own campaign. And in some weird way, it's like free publicity for Paul Vallis. It is. It's free publicity for Paul. Absolutely. And uh, so if you really dislike Lori Lightfoot and you're on the right, you're going to vote for Paul Vallis. Just the way if you really dislike J.B. Pritzker and you're a MAGA person, you are going to vote for D.B. All right, That's ben, how it works, Steve. Ten seconds. Here we go. Who's more like Donald Trump, Paul Vallis, or Lori Lightfoot? Go. Ten. Nine, oh, eight. Oh, Vallis. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, not not even close. Oh, wow. All right. Not even close. All right. Okay. Okay. Not even close. All right. Moving on to the news in Illinois. Hey, how about that Illinois gubernatorial debate this week, huh? I've got a new name for Chicago. Oh, I'm gonna call it Pritzkerville. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Indeed, it is. Wow. Well done. Well done, production team. It's just me. All right, people, we are now only 18 days from our Illinois general election and our gubernatorial election between our Illinois governor. Face coverings. (laughs) (laughs) And 
the Republican downstate senator and farmer, the other big feller, DB, Darren Bailey. All right, so they had a debate a couple days ago. Let's run through the highlights. Yes, move over, hellhole. Darren Bailey has a new nickname for Chicago. I've got a new name for Chicago. I'm going to call it Pritzkerville because every one of Governor Pritzker's extreme policies are destroying the city, out of control crime, devastated education, the fact that corporations are packing up and leaving every day. No, I think uh, Pritzkerville fits quite well because Governor Pritzker, it's time for him to own it. Chicago is the nightmare called Pritzkerville. And it's still two weeks from Halloween. All right. So he's got jokes like my dad. Oh, that's what we've learned in that one. But what are your thoughts on that? Oh, my Lord. It's I, I, we've been saying this. I've been saying this for about two months now. There are a lot of people who live in the city of Chicago. There are a lot of people who live in suburban Chicago and like Chicago. You know, maybe why they're going to move back to Chicago once uh, their kids are grown up and uh you know, are done with high school. They moved out of Chicago because they want to go to a suburban school. That's an ongoing situation long before J.B. Pritzker became governor. So this is the general strategy of insulting Chicago and making up, uh, try to link Chicago to some nightmare. You know, I just don't see it as a winning strategy when, I don't know, I forget what percentage it is, D., of the voters come from Chicago or Cook County. You know, you want to make inroads with people. You don't do it by insulting them. I know, I know there are people, there are MAGA people in the city of Chicago that love it. They, they agree with you. But most people in the city of Chicago are turned off by it. So it just makes no sense. You keep doing it, and now you've changed the name. You think you're clever. Uh, so, D, I just don't think this is a successful strategy, and it's offensive. Of course it's offensive. And we would never tolerate it if it was reverse. If J.B. Pritzker or any Democrat were going around making fun of where Darren Bailey's from. So, it's just bad politics, bad sportsmanship, uh, and I can't wait for Darren Bailey to retreat from the stage, the center stage, D, because he has just not handled himself well, in my humble opinion, Yeah, uh, from the moment this campaign began. Yeah, I got to say this hellhole thing, a little counterproductive. Uh, you know what I mean? You should have done Pritzkerville, Pritzkerville first and then maybe work to hellhole. But anyway, uh, <laughs> start light, then work your way up to the vulgar. Well, he was trying to bray, He was trying to do to Pritzker what Pritzker did to him. Yeah. So he's just linking. And then they drag, I cannot say this enough. Why do you drag Lori Lightfoot into your commercials. They always have Lori. I, I ask guests this D and they all come up with the X, but, but it's just like, it's so obvious, you know, you just want to drag Lori Lightfoot, put her out there. You're not running against Lori Lightfoot. She doesn't even get along with Pritzker. She probably gets along with you better than she gets along with Pritzker, but you just drag her in for the ride. So I guess they're, uh, you know, it's all based on the little focus groups that they do. Focus groups must show that uh, Lori Lightfoot's unpopular with people in the state of Illinois. So they're just going to bring her into the conversation. Okay. Why don't you bring Barack Obama? I don't know. Maybe that'd be interesting. What if they suddenly started doing images of Barack Obama? You notice they stay away from Barack Obama in this one? I would say Pritzker's closer to Barack Obama than he is to Lori Lightfoot. So why don't you bring Barack Obama in? You know, why? Hey, why don't you bring Richard M. Daly in? 
Pritzker's closer to Richard M. Daly than he is to Lori Lightfoot. Isn't that interesting, D? How they pick and choose? Do they want to link Pritzker to? And for the whole hellhole thing, it's like, uh, I think, you know, one of your, you, you got a lot of downstate voters, you know, you're trying to win that upstate, maybe people who live in the city. I don't know if it's a great decision to go, hey, where you live sucks. You want to vote for, <laughs> want to, want to vote for me? And, and by the way, it's where you live sucks. And I have no policies whatsoever <laughs> to help it unsuck. I really oh, yeah. haven't thought about it, but it just sucks. Okay. So, and you could, you know. I'll let it suck for another four years so that in four years when I'm running for re-election, I could say, be very scared of this person who's from Sucksville. Now, the debate was uh, hosted on WGN. Uh, what do you think of the uh, hosts of the debate? Uh, Tom- I thought, you know, it, these debates are not, no one, I think they all have done a, a pretty good job. Yeah, and, and I agree. It's very difficult, challenging. Nobody, like, I think Bailey broke the rules more than Pritzker. And so he, he's funny because the pack that supports him is people who play by the rules. And I'm watching this debate. You're breaking every rule. The only guy who broke more rules in a debate recently than Bailey was Herschel Walker. I know you you were busy with fatherhood. Did you miss the great moment in Herschel Walker's debate where he pulled out the badge? Oh, prove, no, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> he proved out. Of, what is that proof? That was awesome. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I have nothing but uh, sympathy for the moderators, D. All right. Yeah, I thought they did a great job as well. Uh, one of them even uh, shushed. They shushed him. I think it was uh, maybe I Bailey. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Gave him a shush. Nothing wrong with a little tr- shush. Hey, just put, uh, take a page from Daly, Mayor Daly, and just turn off his mic. There you go. Remember when Trump walked behind Hillary Clinton? I mean, people, it's like rules breaking is going, is really getting out of hand here, you know? So Bailey's got more in common, by the way, with Trump than. Uh, uh, Paul Vallis does. Oh, really? Let's go back to you there. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of yeah. obvious on that one, right? Yeah. I mean, he took the man's yeah, just, money, like yeah. millions of it. Well, apparently Bailey has been living in an apartment in downtown Chicago. Did you know that, Ben? Yeah, we talked about that on the show. You were changing diapers uh, when we had that conversation on the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know if it's an apartment or a condo in the Hancock building. Uh, I assume he's uh, subleasing it from the owner uh yeah which is so bizarre he's like now going around saying i live in the the inner city and my vantage point of the inner city shows me that chicago really is a hellhole hello live in the gold coast it's called (laughs) the gold coast for a reason because the streets are lined with gold But Bailey also uh, introduced us to a term, said a lot of Chicagoans say, I've only lived here about 10 or 11 years. I've never heard it before. Ben, maybe you have. While being in Chicago, I've picked up on some of the lingo. And one of the words that I've found that was used many years ago is the word chumbalone. It means lacking common sense. It, it pertains to the people who are being duped by their elected officials. But in this case, I believe that elected officials are the fools here because J.B. Pritzker, Lori Lightfoot, and Kim Fox, well, they're the chumbalones of, of Chicago. They're responsible for the crime, the corruption, and the chaos that exists today, and it's got to change. Chumbalone, you've heard that? Uh, you know, I've never heard it pronounced before. So uh, this is, uh, you could tell who, the, first of all, he never heard it from anybody in Chicago because nobody in Chicago says it. Okay. Uh, this is a word that you're, uh, maybe we try to get this guy on the show. This is a guest will never come on the show. Uh, Johnny Cass, no millennials, not Johnny Cash, this singer uh, whose boy named Sue is one of the greatest songs 
uh, ever written. I think Dennis and I will agree on that one. Uh, it's definitely in my top 100 of all time. Uh, and as Dennis will tell you, it was written by Shel Silverstein, who's a graduate of Roosevelt High School. No, not that Johnny Cash, but uh, Johnny Cass, who is so far to the right that he falls off the flat earth. <laughs> And uh, I'm not saying that Johnny Cass, uh, the former columnist for the Chicago Tribune, believes the earth is flat. I'm just saying he believes it Uh, or it's something he could believe. So Johnny Cass for years used that line. So uh, it's a line uh, that uh, Darren Bailey uh, stole from young John Cass. And if he had any credit, uh, he should have attributed it to Cass. Should have given Cass a shout out. You got the line from Cass. And I see I've never heard. The pronunciation, because no one, I've never heard anybody say it. I'm like, nobody ever says, did you read John Cass today uh, in the Tribune? Uh, he's, oh, my God, he's to the right of Trump. He's not even in the Tribune anymore. Point is, is that I never heard it. I just would see it when John Cass would write it. So I think that that was a moment where Darren Bailey, he, come on, DB. You, you always give credit to the source. Your source is Johnny Cass, not Cash. You might have been confused yourself. And you should have given him credit for the line. Uh, so, D, to answer your question, nobody in the city of Chicago uses that line uh, unless they're of the extreme uh, MAGA uh, persuasion. So, I guess, what did Trump get the vote? 15%, 14%. So, maybe 14% of the city um, knows that word. I don't even think they use that word. Uh, struck out twice. Chumbalone got nothing. And uh, Pritzkerville, eh, that kind of sucks. All right, so 0 for 2, Bailey. <laughs> All right, well, let's hear from the governor. One issue that came up was Illinois' Safety Act. Ben, real quick, coach us up on the Safety Act. Oh, man, we talked a lot about the Safety Act. I urge everybody to listen to the interview with uh, State Senator Robert Peters. Uh, This is the criminal justice reform bill that eliminates cash bail. So if the police were to arrest, I'm not saying they're going to do this, uh, Dr. D, uh, for driving through a red light, uh, they could not just hold him in jail because he can't post bond. They have to release him because there is no bond unless the judge said, well, I think he's a danger of flight, which I don't think they'll do. Uh, so that is the safety bill in a nutshell. And it's become the favorite punching bag uh, for MAGA because they're now blaming all crime in Chicago on an act that hasn't even taken effect yet. Uh, I think they're, it's the number one blame for the crime followed closely by Lori Lightfoot and then J.P. Pritzker. Here's the governor. Governor, you've accused Republicans of putting out disinformation about the legislation, but the law does have critics from your own party, including state's attorneys who are suing you. What steps are you taking to clarify what the law actually does? 60 seconds. Look, the folks who are critical of the uh, Safety Act and who are spreading disinformation um, want to let violent criminals out of jail on January 1. That's not what the Safety Act says. But... If they're going to try to do that, we ought to amend the Safety Act to make sure they can't do it. Let's amend it, uh, but not end it. And Darren Bailey is defending a system currently that allows people to buy their way out of prison. Remember, murderers, rapists, and domestic abusers are the ones who he says it's okay to allow them to buy their way out of jail. Oh, you're the letting fact them is out. that, that uh, victims and advocates approve of and support the safety act and so do i all right so you see there he interrupted him right there and then he was violating the rules hey quick change the name of that pack people who don't play by the rules uh and uh so yeah listen the the reality of the reality of safety act is uh it's a bill in terms of the cash bail that mostly helps follow me in this d 
uh, poor black people. Okay, those in the city of Chicago, those people get swept up routinely. Uh, they, they can't beat bail because they're poor, right? So any bill that helps poor black people is going to be a bill that will be easy to turn into a monster. And that's what's happened. And so my advice to all candidates, if you want to get safely reelected, don't do anything to help poor black people. <laughs> and just saying that, if you're honest about that, if you just say that, you just like put a spotlight on everything that's wrong. With politics today, this is the fact that J.B. Pritzker is so defensive about a bill, a, in my opinion, a much needed reform. It does not automatically release people from jail. It will not prevent judges from holding people over in jail if they're a danger. They've done a verkusative thing, something that's just outrageous uh, and very frightening or if they're a flight risk. So that's not going to happen. But D. Every time, every time our government makes any move to help poor black people, there's a backlash. I've watched it my whole life. And so once again, uh, that's what's happening here uh, with the Safety Act. Uh, will it work in terms of electing Darren Bailey? I do not believe it will work. I believe J.B. Pritzker will win this election. But it sure scared the hell out of a lot of people in the process. All right. Safety Act, a big Republican talking point now to the big Democratic talking point thus far in the election. Abortion. Let's talk about extremism. Governor Pritzker is perfectly fine with our children getting abortions without their parents knowing anything about it. I think that's extreme. Governor Pritzker is perfectly fine injecting his gender curriculum, the first of its kind in the nation, into our schools. Woke ideology. I think that's extreme. Aaron Bailey wants to ban abortion in Illinois. He wants to jail doctors and jail women who are seeking to exercise their reproductive rights. I, I have stood my whole life for women exercising their rights, especially their reproductive rights. We've got to make sure that Illinois is a haven for women all across our state. Now, has Darren Bailey ever said, I want to jail a doctor for performing abortion, or I want to jail a woman for performing an abortion? D, I, if he has, I've not heard it. Literally, those words have not come out of his mouth. So you could accuse J.B. Pritzker of overstating his case to scare voters into voting uh, against any Republican, particularly J uh, D.B. Uh, Darren Bailey. But he has said that abortion is murder, and he has said that aborting a fetus is the equivalent of killing a person that you see on the street. And he has said that the number of abortions allowed in this country since Roe v. Wade was uh, approved by the Supreme Court back in 1973 has meant greater destruction than what the Nazis did to the Jews. He has said that. He has said that. So despite the dancing and dodging he's doing right now, uh, Darren Bailey, I think it's a legitimate concern that people have that once in office, he will pass, uh, or excuse me, he will propose or endorse laws that would radically reduce abortion rights in this state. And he would support, I believe, efforts by the governor of Texas, the attorney general of Texas, uh, to punish 
women who come from Texas to Illinois to get an abortion. So I believe that's all legitimate based on the fact uh, that he has stated that he believes abortion is murder and has equated it to genocide. So I think it's a fair statement uh, that DB uh, that JB made in that uh, in, in that moment, even if the exact point he said, I don't believe has ever come out of Darren Bailey's mouth. Or I should say, I'm not aware of it having come out of Darren Bailey's mouth. All right. Interestingly, during this debate, when asked if he'd support Donald Trump for president in 2024, Bailey seemed to walk back a little bit. Nobody's announced their uh, run for presidency yet, so I'll tell you that when they announce. He said when he accepted the uh, endorsement of Donald Trump that he would roll out the red carpet for Donald Trump in 2024. So which is it? Oh, you liar. Okay. And uh, there were more classic jabs thrown by Darren Bailey at the Democratic governor. I'm working hard on this campaign. If I sit and get distracted and watch TV all day long, like apparently Governor Pritzker does, I lose focus. Oh, come on. And finally, my favorite part of these debates, when both candidates' grandma walk in the room and they have to say something nice about each other. Pritzker was pretty polite when it came to Darren Bailey. I admire the fact that you married your high school sweetheart, that you've been together now for, I think, 30 years. Sweethearts. High school sweethearts, Ben. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I just always kind of a weird part of the a debate where they're supposed to say something nice about the other guy because they've just spent the last hour trashing each other. Well, but, Bailey, you know, Bailey, you know had, Bailey had something nice to say about Pritzker as well. I like your suits. You look good in them. And I'm, I, I think that's awesome. And I hope that after the election, we can come to terms and maybe you could take me suit, suit shopping. I mean, he's not lying. Those are cool suits. Uh, do you think that was a real compliment? Was it, do you know what I'm saying? Do you think that was a real, do you think that was what they, you know, a backhanded compliment? You know, do you think he was trying to like get some kind of coded message out with that? I'm just asking you, like I, I'm, I heard that. I'm like, I know that's kind of a weird thing to say. I like your suits. I don't know. I think that's like a, from big feller to big feller. You know what I mean? From one big feller to another, I like them suits. You know what I mean? See, if he had done that, I'd have loved it. So you already remember earlier, you were actually here for this one where he was talking about his soft hands. Pritzker's got soft hands. Remember that one? Soft <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, the Bears should sign him up as a tight end because we our tight end doesn't have soft hands. If he had said something along the lines of, look, JB, you and I are both big fellers who love to eat. And uh, so, but somehow or other, your soup makes you look svelte. My soup makes me look like mashed potatoes. I want you to go. I want you to take me to a, a, a tailor. <laughs> who can make me look as slim and trim as you. I could kind of get that. You know what I mean? But that, to quote, to quote Ken Davis. So that was the debate. Who won? Well, the next day, both Pritzker and Bailey, well, they're both taking the victory. Here are the candidates. <laughs> Friends, listen, I'm telling you, we're winning. I want to make sure you know that. We are going to win this. So thank you. This is the second debate in a row that I've shown up to answer your questions. And the second time that Darren Bailey has not shown up, he has no plans. He has no solutions for anything. And just making sure that I called that out. As your governor, I will send an unambiguous message to criminals and wannabe lawbreakers. There's a new sheriff in town. This sheriff will not coddle criminals. This sheriff will not look the other way when children are attacked and gunned down while playing in the park. I don't take anything for granted. We've got a field operation that's working all across the state. Uh, I'm going to work, you know, right up till and past uh, November 8th to make sure that we win. Uh, And I'm going to run through the tape. They both won, I guess. 
You know what? They, when they run through the tape, they can hold hands. Wasn't there a movie where the people it, uh, culminated with people holding hands as they crossed the finish line so they would both win? Wasn't there a movie? I don't know. Maybe. I bet there's a lot of movies like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, i just be making it up. Uh, I think they're both the underlying message of what they both said is, I can't wait for this thing to be over. I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they were both saying. Yeah. To me, it seems like, uh, I don't know, Bailey kind of reminds me of uh, Bruce Rauner. You know, he's just like, hell, we'll fire everybody and just start from scratch, bud. And like nothing ever comes of it. And like there's no budget. It's just like very reminiscent of Rauner if he wins. That was my honest takeaway from the debate. And like I said, you know, this guy, he got famous for suing the governor for his uh, pandemic mandates or whatever. So, I mean, like, dude, you brought that to the dance and you just left it, dude. You didn't even bring it up once. So now you're just some dude that sounds like Richard Irvin. Yeah, exactly. When Okay, so that is a great analogy. When the way, the disingenuous way that Darren Bailey danced around the Trump question, like, well, I don't know who's running, so don't ask me now, really brought back memories of Richard Irvin because – Right. Both candidates knew that Donald Trump was exceedingly unpopular with roughly 50 to 55 percent of the public in Illinois. You cannot win by linking yourself to Donald. Or you're, it's a huge disadvantage to win statewide linking yourself to Donald Trump. Uh, Richard Urban lost all credibility when he would do the duck and the dodge. You know, he had to run to MAGA. So he had a kind of. Re- assure MAGA that he was one of them, but he didn't want to go to MAGA because he didn't want to uh, isolate swing voters uh, for the general. So he was ducking and dodging. And now I'm watching a MAGA man to the core, a MAGA man who remember this D like scurried to the Trump rally uh, back in. When was that? I forget when that rally was uh, before the primary May, whenever that was when Trump came to Illinois and endorsed Bailey and Mary Miller, Congresswoman Mary Miller scurried to that rally to get his endorsement bathed in the glow of that endorsement. And, um, and now he's going to pretend like it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, he's, it's too irrelevant. So, no, I, I, I think uh, you're right. He's taking a page from Richard Irvin, Yeah. And that didn't really work for him. Uh, I don't think it's going to work for you. So there you are, everybody. Oh, what a week. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, or wherever else you download podcasts. Ben, who you got on the lineup for the bonus? Mm. Uh, oh, my goodness, D. Uh, I was swallowing water uh, when you asked that question. Uh, but the man uh, that we used to call, or I used to call Dr. Dog, uh, nobody else called him that. No. A really brilliant guy, in my humble opinion. Really smart guy. Damien Perdue. Uh, and Damien has a show uh, on that radio station that I used to work for and that Dennis used to work for and that Chris used to work for. I'm looking at a lot of fellow alum from the station. Now, uh, Dennis and Chris had easier, uh, disconnecting from that station, uh, than I would say I did. I think you and Chris are about even maybe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Me? Oh yeah. I, I played that one smart. Yeah. No comment. No comment. No comment from producer Chris. Uh, but uh, really smart guy. And uh, Damien and I take the deep dive on QAnon and uh, in general um, 
conspiracy theories. This is one of his expert. He has a radio show where he talks about this stuff all the time. Uh, and it was fascinating uh, conversation. Uh, and Ramana Hussein, man, we had a field day yesterday. Uh, Ramana Hussein, uh, we did the recording yesterday. We talked uh, quite a bit about Kanye, uh, or Ye, I should call. And uh, she took a bit of a victory lap on that one because she's been critical of Ye uh, for a long time. And uh, so anyway, so those are two of the drops for this week. And I urge everybody to check them out. Go check them out this week in Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, or wherever else you download podcasts. All right. Very good. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend. He's back, ladies and gentlemen, at least for today. He's back. His hands. He did this show. His hands filled with diapers. Yeah, he did the show with diapers. <laughs> Pride and joy of all in Illinois. The man they call Dr. D. And I also have to thank another pride and joy of all in Illinois, the man they call producer Chris. What an outstanding job he did as always behind the scenes, wheeling and dealing with those little levers of his. <laughs> and so I say this to producer Chris and Dr. D, give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. You look good in them. I like your suits. You look good in them. Nobody's announced their uh, run for presidency yet, so I'll tell you that when they announce. I like your suits. You look good in them. I admire the fact that you married your high school sweetheart. I like your suits. You look good in them. And I'm, I, I think that's awesome. And I hope that after the election, we can come to terms and...